Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. And if you find this podcast helpful in your theological rehabilitation, consider partnering with us in its production. Become a financial sponsor of That's What She Said on Patreon, a platform for supporting content you love. Thanks! Good evening, church. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm a member of the spiritual care team and an ordination candidate here at Galileo. I'm preaching once again from my home in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost and the third Sunday in this worship series, Faith, Hope, Love, where we are discussing those three great virtues and their interconnectedness. This week, we ask the question, where is our hope during long periods of injustice? How do we continue to hold on to faith after everything? Our scripture reading comes from Amos 5. With the prophet decrying injustice that God has seen in Israel, warning that their worship and justice cannot be separated. We pick up here in verse 12. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins, you who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live, And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, In all the squares there shall be wailing, and on all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas! They shall call the farmers to mourning, and those skilled in lamentation to wailing. In all the vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through the midst of you, says the Lord. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like water, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A content consideration. There will be discussion of violence against children. We read Psalm 137 earlier, and I will address its infamous final line. If you are not in a headspace to hear this discussion, please do what you need to for the next 15 minutes. You can come back when Steph starts singing, 
and it will be just fine. If I read the charts correctly, since May of this year, at least 80% of the state of Texas has been abnormally dry. Since August, the entire state has been in a severe drought. In fact, about a third of the entire U.S. is currently under drought conditions, affecting 100 million people. It's not dry everywhere, but it feels pretty damn close sometimes. The end to a drought is no simple matter. However much it is needed, however much relief it offers, one good rain will not end a drought. A land cannot be dry for months or years and be set right by a single rainfall. We'll still have brown grass and dry trees. Our lawns will still be dead. Perhaps a wildflower or two may spring up in the hope of more rain to come but that beauty is too brief, here and gone, dry again. Perhaps a tumbleweed will blow on by just to let us know how hopeless things are. Worse still, when the ground is dry for long periods, it loses some of its ability to absorb water, increasing the chance of flash floods during a rainfall. A little water can make things a lot more dangerous. Ending a drought takes weeks or months of regular rain to return the earth to its usual patterns, a repeated increased risk for longer-term benefit. It cannot be fixed in a day or a week or a month, no matter how much we wish it could. The drought is real, but it is also a metaphor. Our country has wrestled from the beginning with issues of justice, and the world as a whole for a lot longer still. Again and again and again and again and again, injustice is wrought at our border, to our queer siblings, to the poor and needy and outcast and sick. We come seeking justice, they cry, but there is no justice. Like the prophet Amos even now we are witness to the poor being trampled, the righteous afflicted, and the needy pushed aside. Amos, before he was called to be a prophet, was a shepherd and a fruit picker. It was just him and his sheep and the sycamore trees. I imagine that he wasn't planning on doing anything other than his ordinary job and living an ordinary life. But he could not sit silent. And so God used him and put him onto a direct path to call out the hypocrisy and injustice in Israel. The prudent will keep silent, he says, for these are evil times. But he is not prudent. How can he keep silent at all he is witness to? In the time of the ancient Israelites, the city gate was more than just the entryway into the city. It was the court, the place where policy was made and justice was served. Residents would come with their disputes, their concerns, hoping that those with power would side with them. The needy would plead for assistance, hoping to convince a judge to provide them with the resources they needed to thrive. It seems like it should be so simple on the surface. Seek good and not evil that you may live 
And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. How hard could that be? Do right by the people around you. Show kindness to those who come for help. Do what you can to make this world a better place. And yet, and yet here we are. Too many people cannot bring themselves to imagine a just world. Then, like now, us outsiders, we prophets, we push against the injustice at the gate. We strive and work tirelessly, day in and day out, again and again and again, trying for something more, hoping for something more. We cry out with the loudest voices we can muster, hoping to be heard, hoping that justice will be done. We do what we can where we are, in the hopes that someone will get the help that they so desperately need. Works of justice are like rain in a land suffering drought. We do something good and needed. It makes a difference. And like a rainstorm on arid ground, we are hit with a flash flood of pushback. Unkind words and letters, protests. We feel more unsafe in a land that has never been safe. A parched ground cannot always receive the water it needs to survive. We who work for a better world, for the world that God wants, cannot help but wonder sometimes if our work is in vain. We see the damage done, often by people claiming the same faith that matters so much to us. Yet, as much as we want to be, we are not the rain. We are, at best, a sprinkler on a front lawn, desperately fighting to keep our little patch of land green under the unrelenting sun. Meanwhile, too many people turn away, pretending they don't see it all, as ever more people pile at the gate, victims to indifference and selfishness and a failure to practice the tenets of their faith. We all know people who have somehow disconnected their worship of God from their life in the world. They are people whose words proclaim faith in a just and righteous God and whose actions show none of that same justice or righteousness. I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies, God says, to a people who love their religious celebrations, but love their bigotry more. They offer God the best, but offer their people nothing. What hollow faith is that? What show are they putting on? God doesn't believe that bullshit. Those crying out for justice don't believe that bullshit. Suffering abounds and some choose willing ignorance. We know who this show is for. It's not for us who stand at the gate and rattle its bars and ask to be let into safety. No, this show is to remind everyone who is an insider and who is an outsider. Who is wanted and who is cast out. Who is worthy and who is shamed? They can stand up and proclaim their faith loudly all they want, but the only ones they are fooling are themselves. Our faith practice cannot be separated from our acts of justice. From worshiping God with our songs and prayers and church attendance and leaving the poor outsider and outcast to suffer. 
We here at Galileo, us co-conspirators with God, we know this. Justice has been a part of our being since the beginning, and ten years on, we still find new ways to put our faith into action. Ten years on, we still rattle the gates for those who do not have the strength, asking how long? How long until you listen to us? Psalm 137 starts as a lament for the fall of Jerusalem by those survivors who witnessed the devastation firsthand. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps. So many people were lost, are lost, to those desiring power and expansion, who think not for the lives they destroy. And the survivors witnessed so much death and lost everything that ever mattered to them. A demand for justice is always the cry of the oppressed. But what is justice when you have lost everything? What else do you have but this bottomless well of feeling? What happens when they take away your hope for a future and leave you with only your grief? For some, it's rage. Rage is what happens. Hope, like water, is necessary for our flourishing. This is what an injustice has taken from us. Our hope, our ability to thrive, our faith that somehow, some way, things will get better. We cannot continue long in this world without either water or hope. Yet no more can we control the weather around us than we can control the powerful people who wish us ill. We cannot fix the world simply by existing, working, striving, trying, hoping. We are not the rain. I pray none of us ever know this incandescent rage, one that knows no other expression than to wish the most grievous harm we can imagine on our enemies, the violent death of their children. How much must be taken from us before we know no other recourse but violence? How far must our hope fall for us to turn to such thoughts? The survivors saw their world turned to dust, their legacies and futures dashed against the rocks, and wish the same on their perpetrators. This was Amos's warning against the day of the Lord. A modern-day Amos might write something like this. You want the rapture, my friend? You want Jesus to come sweep you out all of, all, all of this? This problem you have created? You who heard your impoverished siblings begging for fair wages and said you could not afford to pay them while you pay yourself all the more? You who heard the cries of the immigrant begging for safety and you said you have no more room, even while houses sit empty? How can you see the destruction poured out on anyone and celebrate? How can suffering be a joy to you? How can you look forward to the wrath of God with any certainty that you will escape it? What do you think the oppressed will do after all is taken from them? This faith you have 
is despicable. You think you will be the one to be saved from this? You have already been saved! You sit in your homes with your guaranteed health care and freedom to travel or to escape. What do you need saving from? I have some news for you. That day of judgment will not be a day of joy to you, a day of celebration and fireworks and picnics. No, it is salvation for the one who struggles, not for the one who sits in safety. Again and again in our scriptures, we see God siding with those who have no other hope. God will hold our rage when we see no other recourse, but it is not our only option. We may not control the world, but we do, sometimes against our own better judgment. Continue to have faith in the one who made it. We are not the rain, but the creator of this world is. Hear these words from Amos now, a little earlier in chapter 5. The one who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into morning, and darkens the day into night, who calls for the water of the sea and pours it out over the surface of the earth. The Lord is her name, who makes destruction flash out against the strong, so that destruction comes upon the fortress. Every small move towards justice is another day of rain, and it will eventually soften the hard and unyielding ground. And those gates were rattling, eventually they too come down. Justice rolls down like water over the city, over the fortress they built for themselves, and that gate comes a-tumbling down. The patch of green that stood alone in our yard will be joined by another, and another, and another, until that drought finally, finally comes to an end. The work of righteousness, demanded by our faith, in a God who abhors injustice, is never in vain. It is hard and messy and long. Oh, it is so very long. So we fall upon the world like a little rainstorm of justice, in the little area given to us. And we hold on to hope and faith with everything we have left. And so we believe sometimes... Not so much because we want to, but because we have to. Because having any faith at all requires having hope that this drought will not and cannot last forever. That those who mean us harm will be washed away. That those little wildflowers that pop up, uh, pop up after a heavy rain are small signs of our future hope. If these tiny, fragile things can open up in a hostile land... How much more so can we, who have faced down worse? We, too, have survived. We have seen death. We have funneled our anger into justice because what it means to have faith in times of drought is to believe that the rain will come again, that the world cannot hold back justice forever. We will not yet hang up our harps. We will keep on singing and crying out for justice and doing what we have always done. So turn on your sprinklers, church. We're going to bring our patch of ground back to life. 
Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. If what you've heard is helpful, consider becoming a patron of its production by joining our subscribers on Patreon. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and support the people who love them. We do kindness around mental health and mental illness, and we celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support our missional priorities, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Share With Us. You'll have options to contribute through Venmo, PayPal, or your bank account. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.